Gianluca, you're deep in rehearsals for your debut at English National Opera in Antony Minghella's beautiful production of Madame Butterfly. We're here in your dressing room at the Colosseum, so extraneous noises may happen. What is it like for the thoroughbred Italian working with a company in English? I thought before, before coming to work here at ENO, that it would be a shock, at least the first music rehearsal. But I have to say that actually I found, I found myself quite comfortable. First of all, because David Perry did a wonderful translation mm. that responds to the music of Puccini very well. Mm. Extremely. It fits mm. very well. And second of all, because, you know, this music is so powerful that it can be sung in any language. And the third point is that uh, ENO is a wonderful company. It's a very high standard. Wonderful orchestra, wonderful chorus, great stuff, the administration, everything works so well. And so the shock that I supposed to have, I didn't. And I'm enjoying so much, even in English. At least, yeah. at least Pinkerton speaking in his and Sharpless and Sharpless, yeah, the two both. Americans, yeah, which yeah. is which is kind of fun. That 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 was I always say. I say at least I had the, the chance finally to hear them in their in their own native language. <laughs> Gianluca, tell us a little bit about your beginnings in Italy and, um, and your background, a little bit about your musical yeah. training, where you came from, what your family was like in terms of... Yeah, in my family, my parents, my brother and sister, they're not musicians, so I'm the only one. And it happened, it happened suddenly when I was six years old, as soon as I went to the primary school in, uh, in my hometown, uh, the teacher gave the name of a teacher of piano, wonderful teacher. I always uh, like to mention and remember her. Uh, she she's passed away, Angela Pernigot. So I had a very good input since the very beginning, and I enjoyed so much the music since the very beginning, really. And in parallel, I was going on with my studies, uh, the high school, and then I I did also university politics. Meanwhile, I I got the diploma in piano. And then I continue my, uh, my studies as a pianist in the Music Academy of uh, Florence. Mm. So for a while, let's say, uh, my career was just concentrated on piano playing, solo playing, chamber music. The love for opera came later, when I decided that uh, I would not like to continue a solo career, because my wish to work with others, with others, mm. to communicate mm. music and, and to create something beautiful through a teamwork, yes. where it's not only my idea important, yes. but it's our ideas that together they become a superior idea. I like very much what Plato was uh, calling maieutica. Maieutica, you know, it's a, it's a Greek word that means giving birth through a dialogue. You know, this is the meaning of the uh, uh, Platonic dialogues, you know. So, giving birth, mm. no, mm. to a new idea through this dialogue, this confrontation this of different, yeah. communication and confrontation of different ideas. And, and this is exactly what is, for me, the basic of 
what a conductor should do. A conductor is a communicator. A conductor is a motivator. A conductor is a psychologist. All this together. found in front of me, I cannot treat none of them as students because they know exactly how to do what they have to do. What I have to give to them are my impressions, my suggestions, my vision, and put this vision on the table during a rehearsal and build together with them yes. the performance. Yes. Um, now, the, the voice in this yeah. process, singing, is, yeah. I suppose, at the heart of all things musical when we're in doubt about how a phrase should go we generally sing it yes um do you think working with singers is the best possible grounding for conductors oh yes and this is the the, the second point so when i i quit my solo career i decided because because i met singers i started to work with them and i started to understand how beautiful is the sense of phrasing that can come from a good singer the sense of phrasing and the sense of breathing which sometimes the instrumentalist mm -hmm. doesn't realize and it's always about when you realize that you become a great instrumentalist no mm -hmm. and the singer has that nature so i think that for a conductor as the opera is the most complex work in our job. So many no? elements. Exactly. Starting from being a pianist, a repetitor, as it was in the old times. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Tullio Serafin generation, uh, Oliviero de Fabrizis, Francesco Molinari Pradelli, and so on. All those conductors, they were theater people. They were starting from ground zero, which is sitting at the piano, playing, learning how to breathe with the singer, and in the and they were reproducing that in the pit. Right now, you know, when I see Ricardo Muti rehearsing, he's sitting at the piano and he's working with them. And in this way you get the exact feeling of how to interact with them. And when you come to the pit, the result, it doesn't change. There is no difference between the room and the pit. Yeah. What you agreed in the room it will come out the same in the pit. And this is the great point, because if you do something in the room and then in the pit becomes something else, then it will come to a problem. And also the singer doesn't need to be followed. The accompanist, the good accompanist, is the one that leads the singer without giving him pressure and giving the impression that he is free. But you are leading. They need a leader. They need someone who supports them. Leading as support. Yes. the Italian style 
Is it possible to put that into words? And what is the biggest challenge when you're working with non-Italians, perhaps, in the operatic repertoire? Yes, we could say that there is an Italian style, definitely, as there is a German style. Then, of course, there are many differences. You know, Belcanto, Verismo, Verdi, all of them, they have their own specifics, like Wagner and Beethoven in, in, in the opera, or Weber, or, or the French... Uh, repertoire, Massenet, Bizet, even Poulenc, you know, later on. Mm. They're all specific, but we can really say that there is an Italian style. An Italian style, which is, for instance, the kind of sound, it's much brighter, there is much more light, let's say, than, for instance, in a German opera. When, when you think about Wagner and how these chords, they need to have this uh, huge bow, you know, of uh, a visual bow, you know, while in the Italian repertoire, what you are focusing, it's first of all the line, the melodic line. Second of all, all the small contrapunct parts, which they have always to be alive, mm -hmm. and they need to support this musical line, which is, of course, the supreme meaning of uh, those uh, full score, no? Yeah, yeah. So we have the brightness of the sound, as I said, uh, which it never have to disappear, you know? Even in the most sad moment of the Italian music, you could always find out the sound. a big impression in this country working at Grange Park Opera and where you conducted Butterfly and Tosca I believe and, and the Puritani and Puritani yes yeah. and got some terrific reviews now these small country opera houses which seem mm. to grow every year in this country have a good family feel about them is that a good atmosphere in which to work do you always try to create this feeling of family you talked about communication with other musicians so I suppose, to get the tightest-knit community to produce yeah. these. It's wonderful because I, I consider myself very lucky. Wherever I went since the beginning of my conducting career, I always had wonderful relationship with musicians in the orchestra, singers, chorus members, even outside the theatre life. The, the social life, it's important as well because you, you start to understand the people uh, you are working with. Yeah. Understanding them, you know also how to get from them the best. Yeah. Grange Park, it's for me an extraordinary experience because it responds exactly to what I just said. You know, this aim that they have to create a kind of family around me, mm. you know, mm. so that we can all uh, support each other and in this way get out from ourselves, not 100%, of our resources, but 125%. Yes, yes absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, you made your operatic debut in uh, at the Croatian National Opera in Zagreb. Yeah. Um, not so far from Italy, but a world apart in, yeah. in other respects. And your activities have really gone east. 
in yeah. many respects. I mean, currently music director of the Tbilisi State Opera and Ballet Company in Georgia. Yeah. And, and that's a great breeding ground, isn't it, for oh, singers? Yes. yes. First of all, because of the great tradition of the Tbilisi State Opera and Ballet. Uh, you know, um, not only now with all the amazing singers that are all around the world having great successes in the major opera houses, you know, I can mention Pata Burchuladze, who yes. was the first one, and then uh, Lado Atanelli, Nino Surguladze, Nino oh, yeah, Mashaidze. She's, she's someone I've, I've heard, she's very impressive. Yeah, so. Nino Surguladze is the person uh, that uh, asked me to, to go to Georgia. I trust her very much. You're getting uh, a so recital with her, aren't you? Yes, Wigmore yes, Hall, in in London, Hall yes. for Rosenblatt yes, recitals. Yes, interesting. Yeah. So I was telling about traditions. There are wonderful composers like uh, Paliashvili, Zakaria Paliashvili. He wrote wonderful operas. And there are many other composers to perform at the Tbilisi State Opera. Verdi's operas, like La Forza del Destino, immediately after the, the opening night of uh, St. Petersburg, was performed in Tbilisi. Uh, Rigoletto as well went to Tbilisi. It was the second or third title. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the New World Symphony, the first time in Europe, was done there <laughs> after New York. So, I mean, there is all that and much more. There are so many stories connected. Uh, uh, the most interesting one is, uh, and the most extraordinary co coincidence, is that the first ever music director of the Tbilisi State Opera was Italian. Ah. Maestro Barbieri. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, and musicians from La Scala were going there to perform at that time. It was 1851 when uh, the opera was founded. Mm. So they had early experience of exactly. the Italian tradition. Exactly. Which is, which is amazing. Yeah. Which is long and yeah. exciting. Yeah. outside of opera, the symphonic repertoire. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure your interests are as wide-ranging as they oh, are yes. in the operatic repertoire. Yes. And spending as much time as you do in the theatre, like many yeah. conductors who begin life in the opera house, that must have an impact on your symphonic performances. Yes. Because there's so many composers, like Mahler, for example, who is hugely theatrical. Oh, yes. You know, when the first time I, I had the chance to conduct uh, Mahler was his first symphony. And... I could feel how incredibly uh, Mahler built into a symphony an operatic work. Yes. You know, it's incredible well, he was how... He a great opera conductor, yes. of course, and that was yes. part of it. Uh, exactly. You know, uh, what is curious is that Mahler was the principal conductor of the uh, Croatian National Opera in Zagreb, the first principal conductor. And in Zagreb is where I debuted. And, you know, it's incredible. You know, in these uh, symphonies, you can absolutely find a story. Every instrument is singing, every instrument is a voice. But not only with him, you know, I find opera in so many works. You know, when I, when I think about uh, Symphonie Fantastique of, of Berlioz, when I think about uh, all the great works, even, you know, Debussy, Ravel, 
there is so much. It's painting, yeah. painting colors and giving voice to the instruments. And all these details are, are in their scores. So uh, I think that music is about singing. It's not singing is about music. Music is about singing. You can find singing everywhere. You know, you can find singing in the oboe solo of the uh, uh, violin concerto of Brahms. Indeed. You can find singing in the great uh, slow movement of the Seventh Symphony of Beethoven. Definitely in all the great works of, of Brahms. That's why, for instance, when you hear a Brahms symphony conducted by Carlos Kleiber, who was really achieving the goal of making every single instrument singing out, you can feel how... It comes almost to, you know, perfection doesn't exist, but it goes very close to that. So I think that we are musicians working for music and singing, it's for us the main instrument. It's the main instrument. have you on your hit list, for example, of pieces in the orchestral repertoire that you haven't yet tackled but want to tackle? Oh yes, definitely, definitely, definitely Beethoven 9th. I'm waiting for many reasons because I had the chance to conduct it and I refused because, you know, I want to mm. get there mm. to deeply understand how Beethoven got there because it's a, an arrival point. An arrival point. I was not afraid to do in my early days Eroica, which is extremely deep, extremely complicated in some way, but I was not afraid. Ninth Symphony, yes. It's complex, but it's also going to another step. It's going out of this world. You know, it's reaching something that it's higher, higher. This is for sure one of my greatest goals. Yes, the feeling, the call will come at yeah, some point, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, and opera, this uh, and opera pieces that Otello, Otello, hundred yeah. percent. And curiously, I would really love to have once more contact with Wagner. You know, I conducted a piece which is called "The Ring," an orchestral adventure. Oh, I know. Yes, arranged yes. by the Flieger, which is the entire ring yes. synopsis, yes. which is extremely beautiful, and uh, got me acquainted with Wagner orchestrations and with Wagner innovation, you know. In my studies, I have classical studies in my background, so Greek and Latin. So I was translating the big tragedies of Greek authors. And of course, I was reading Nietzsche when I, I could get this feeling of what Wagner was trying to achieve with it. And he achieved. And one man could think so widely about music, creating something that nobody can imitate. Mm. You know, it's just Wagner. And sometimes there's so little on the page. You know, it sounds more complex than it is. Sometimes there's very little there. He had so clear his mind on what he wanted, Mm. and he realized he made it. And uh, so, you know, I have a few pieces like Lohengrin, and as I said, one day, but not now, The Ring, probably it will never become something that I will do more than once. But once, I would really love to enjoy this experience. 
to get more acquainted with this beautiful masterwork. Love the Slav repertoire as well. Oh yes, that's operatically so rich. Isn't and it? and I did. Tchaikovsky, you know, I, Yamech, did this, I did Onegin. I did Onegin. I will do uh, the Queen of Spades, and there is so much <laughs> that uh, that uh, I uh, yeah, I would like to 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 do. And coming uh, coming from uh, Eastern Europe, working wise, yeah, that must uh, feed into your... for for me. Yes, for me, it's uh, it's so close. Yes, it's so close. I learned a lot about their own tradition. I speak Croatian, for instance. I speak Slavic languages. I speak Slovenian, yeah. I speak a bit of Russian. It's so close to me. Of course, when they see me, they all think, ah, okay, Italian, so Italian repertoire, no? But actually, there is much more behind. And what does Gianluca like to do when he's not working in music? Do you have any free time? And what are your passions outside of music? You mentioned literature and the classics. And Yeah, if I would live, let's say, it's funny, as a normal human being, <laughs> sleeping eight hours, I would not have time. But as I sleep much less, just because I have so many interests and activities, I find time... For reading, definitely. I, I read many books. I love to go to theater. I love even musical. You know, I enjoy musical West End especially, but also Broadway. Uh, I follow very much news. You know, I like to be informed. And in every country where I go, I get acquainted about uh, their politicians, what is happening, what is going on, who is who. So I know it in Georgia, I know here. Uh, I, I'm very interested. So I think it's important for us as a human being, to look outside really 360 degrees, to have a wide vision of what is happening around us and what was happening in the past. It's all important because we get so many informations that they help us growing. They help us developing our own opinions. They help us understanding many more things. And uh, I cannot think of me being one of those musicians that live isolated. I'm a very social person. I, I like to go out. I like to meet friends, even if I'm traveling so much. So I have friends everywhere. Most of the time we are in contact by SMS, by, by internet or something like that. But I like this. I like to exchange opinion, to, to have conversations and I think it's an essential part of mm. our life. And make you a better musician too. I, I think so. I think that uh, all this, all what I learned from, from the personal experience, the concrete experience, I transfer in my music. I transfer in my work. The two things are interconnected. and uh, There is a synergy. How my life is going gives me a different perspective on how I read the same score. You know, I take Traviata, I, I conduct it so many times, but every time I see something else. And this depends on my personal experience, how I'm growing, how I'm living. I see different things. The perspective change. And uh, this will never make my job boring. 